I listen to everybody else, every time I fall short, well, God cut me off. God's ready to strike me. God's ready to do this. Or I hear the other thing, the, the greasy grace side. Oh, God understands. He knows. No, he doesn't understand. Jesus died that you could live victorious. So let's sing those words again. And let's sing it like we really are getting to know. And this isn't a, a slight or, or, or a blight in our lives. This is just the reality of Christendom. The church has failed us more than helped us because it hasn't pointed us clearly. you got to get into his word. That's how you build that intimate relationship. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the still of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father, it's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. Come on. You're good, good father. That's who you are. Come on. That's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. Say it like you mean it, church. Who you are, and I'm loved by you. Who I am. Come on, sing it out. Who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect, you are perfect in all of your ways, you are perfect in all of your ways, you are perfect in all of your ways to love so undeniable. I That's the God I'm talking about. Peace so unexplainable. I I can hardly think and you call me deeper still. Yes, you call me 
Tell me that you're pleased. Oh, you tell me that you're pleased. Yes, you tell me that you're pleased. And I'm never alone. See, that's the God that is speaking. Every single day of your life, he is speaking to you. Every waking moment, let me qualify that, every moment, because whether you're awake or asleep, and you know he's whispering, you know, Leonard, I love you. Chris, I love you. Will, I love you. Dee, I love you. Over and over and over, Jeff, I love you. You see, he doesn't ask you, do you love me? All over the world. He's telling everybody how much he loves us. Not whether we love him a moment. And he said, I know you don't pay attention to it. Because we pay attention to so much other stuff. Which is why you have a hard time hearing. He said, I sent my only son. Not just a son. I didn't send Michael. I didn't send Gabriel. I didn't send any other archangel or any other messenger. I sent my only son just because I love you. And you know what? If we could grab a hold of that thought, 
that thought, we would hear God more and more. We would hear that voice we so longingly want to hear, but because we don't even first and foremost begin to understand His love, that He really loves you just like you are, just like I am. Folks, I could not stand in that pulpit one moment if I didn't know he loved me in spite of me. Because that guy in that pulpit, oh, he doesn't mean to mess up. But sometimes he opens his mouth and mess up follows. But then he comes in and says, don't worry, I'll turn that mess into a message. Why? Because if the heart speaks right, the lips can never utter wrong. That's how much he loves us. I got a couple videos that I want to show you, but I want to ask you first, did you do your homework? Praise the Lord. I told everybody in your notes, I talked about how God spoke to us in a host of different ways, but that now he speaks to us through his son. What is another name for Jesus? No, I'm not talking about spiritual names. I'm not talking about God names. What's another very simple name that God has given his son? No, Holy Spirit's another person. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all three persons, one God. Friend, I'll give you a clue. We find it in John chapter 1, verse 1. The Word. The reason you know right and wrong is because of the Word. What's another word or another name that Jesus has? The life, the truth. You know how you know truth? You know how you know the Word? You spend time in the Word. You spend time in that relationship. That's why I asked you to go through here. Because it's during those confrontive times, it's in your notes, okay, that you can look at it on page, the inside flap. In your notes, I gave a bunch of scripture for you to, to just go out and read. And I'm not going to take time tonight because I want to go uh, get into this further. But when you and I have confrontive times, and we have that check in our spirit that I need to do something, I need to say something, I need to be something. And we just don't know what to say. The Bible says that he will bring his word to our remembrance. Which is based on his truth. Which is all the essence of our life. Am I making sense? <laughs> he will bring his word to us, which is based on truth, which is the essence of our life. You know, the Bible says he is the way, the truth, and the life. There are three gates. Some of us that went to Israel, you can go study this again. 
There are three gates that went into the Holy of Holies. You had the outer court, the inner court, and then the, the court gate that went into the Holy of Holies. The Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You know what the name of those three gates are? The first gate going into the outer court is called the life. The second gate going into the inner court is called the way. The third gate going into the Holy of Holies is called the truth. Or excuse me, the truth truth was the second one. The way was the first one. You got the way goes in the outer, or the, uh, the way, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said it backwards. The three gates are the life, the truth, and the way. The gate into the Holy of Holies is the way. The gate into the inner court is the truth. The gate into the outer court is the life. If you even want to come into seeing God's presence, you got to get the life of God. If you want to get any closer to God at all, you got to find the truth, which is in Jesus Christ. And when you find the truth, guess what? You have found the way into God's very presence. That's why I want you to realize that when you're in confrontive times, how many you ever had to deal with something and you just didn't know what to say, and then all of a sudden it kind of just dawned on you what to say? Anybody here? Lift your hand up. Okay. Guess who gave you that way? Tandy. Do we have a microphone tonight? Oh. Wilford is so caught up in the power of God. I, I, I tell you, there's a sweet presence of the Lord in this place tonight, so that's okay. His name's not Wilford. His name is Will. He, he just lets me call him Wilford. I don't even know why, but he just, he loves I'm just so excited because um, before I got my job, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed that, is this the right thing for me to do? And Did you pray? I prayed. Okay. And, you know, and then when I got the job, I was like, okay, God wants me here. This is the right choice for me. So I came to church and I was like, you know, you guys probably remember, I'm working in a liberal society with people who don't believe in God. And I'm not even supposed to be a Christian because that would be against someone's rights. It might offend someone. But I got to tell you that yesterday I sat in a room with a woman who is feeling unloved and unworthy. And we got the Bible out and we read the Bible together. And we looked up love, and we looked up what it means to be loved by God. And, and it was powerful, and it was beautiful. And she's crying, I'm crying, and we just felt the love in the room. And, and I did that with, without, you know, you had told me, don't be pushy. Don't, don't, you know, don't be like, I'm a Christian. You people suck, you know. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you know, maybe those aren't the right words to say, but. but <laughs> just walk but, in there and slap them. Say you're born, <laughs> you're going to burn in hell. Exactly. Okay, maybe you, not. You had said, you know, go with grace. And, and, you know, I, I'm trying to do that. It's, it's hard for me, <laughs> but, but I was just so thrilled. I had to come and tell you tonight that that Amen. happened. Praise the lamb of God. Amen. So you see, those are called confrontive times. Confrontive times don't mean you stand up on the, on a, on a chair somewhere and, and you just say, bless the Lord, you're new, you turn or burn. No, folks, God says, when you speak the truth, Speak it in love. Okay, and, and I shared the story that years ago, I, you know, that I, uh, you know, I, I took this last job before I started pastoring. And I said, okay, God, I'm going out to pastor. And so I guess 
I guess if they don't see you in me, they don't see you. And so I went and took this last job. I, I worked there for about a year. And I told God when I took the job, I said, I'm, I'm not going to tell them about you. I want them to see you in me. Amen. And come to me. And it took a couple weeks. And people started coming to me. What is different about you? What is different? And I could tell the whole place. It even got to the place to where the owner of the company I was able to lead to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Why? Folks, that love that Tandy's talking about, that love that I just sang about, it's not what they've said. It's that 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 relationship that I know. So those confrontive times, and you know, it's just quickly, God shows us how to pray in the times we live. Stuff happens in life. How many ever had something happen? You know, we just kind of call it stuff. Anybody have any stuff happen? Anybody have stuff happen today? Okay. See, I tell people all the time, folks, folks, you step in stuff all the time. You got to worry, not worry about it as long as you scrape off your shoes. Sometimes you got to throw your shoes away because you can't get it gone. But the reality, life happens. And I just kind of put it that way. God shows us how to pray just during regular life. Well, God shows us specifically what to do at times. I had an example happen just yesterday. As you all know, and I thank you so much for your prayers. Now you need to pray for my wife. Because what I just recovered from, she seems to be laying down in. And we need to pray that God gets her out of it quickly. Uh, um, anyway, and God just, it's it just been a, a rough few days. Well, yesterday, I, I just told myself, I said, okay, God, I got work to do. I can't, you know, I, I, I was going to bed early, getting up late. Uh, just trying to just get through this, and it was just really bad. And, and uh, uh, my wife said it was a, the flu, and I, I don't know. I, you know so anyway, uh, so yesterday I got up, and, and uh, as you all know, I do a, a morning radio program, and I, I want to tell you about another program that we're starting up very shortly. I have a meeting on Friday to confirm the beginning of it because, folks, we can't keep the gospel just in the building. We've got to get it out to the streets, and so radio is one of those great ways of doing that. And so I was, uh, I was, I got up yesterday in our, our last radio program for Sunday morning at 6.45. It airs on CAF Radio. It airs on Radio Shine, or Arizona Shine, and one of the, one of the other conglomerate, we have about 10 stations that we're on every week, and uh, one of the other stations play it every Sunday morning, and I don't remember which one it is, but at 6.45, if you're up, uh, go to Radio Shine or go to CAF Radio. And they have our 15-minute radio program. Well, our last one that I put together uh, ended this last Sunday. I said, God, I don't want to call them and tell them to do a rerun. And so I got up yesterday, and, and I just, you know, I took a shower, and I said, okay, God, I just got So, and I said, God, my, my voice is, you know, that gangster voice I get when I'm kind of wore out. That's the kind of voice I had yesterday. I said, God, you're going to have to fix this. And so he fixed it, and, and I went to the radio station and recorded, and I spent, you know, I, it's usually three, four hours that I'm there. And uh, uh, when I got done, I was pulling out of the station. And right across the, the street is, ter- is Terry Marks and Chevrolet. And so I was pulling out of the station, and I was going to turn because I was going home. I'm tired. I just spent, you know, several hours there. And, and God spoke to me, and he said, go tell Mike Crawford that it got, I got it in control, and everything is going to be fine. Stop worrying about it. Okay. <laughs> you know, because you know, one of the things that I've, that I tried desperate to, to do is when God says, I move. 
if I think about it, I might want to go home because I'm tired. But I just said, okay. So I went across the street, and I saw Mike in there. He's with customers. I wait for the customers to come out. And so I walk in Mike's office, and I said, Mike, God just told me to come tell you he's got it all in control. Stop worrying about this. You're getting all frustrated and irritated, and you've got to just let this thing go and let God take care of it. And then I shut up. Well, he breaks down in tears. He leaves the room and goes back in the office. And he parades me across the whole building. So every one of you guys knew what I was going through. And God just sent him over here to tell me. And would you tell him? And so I said, Mike, you need to be in church this Sunday because Sunday's message is just for you. And he lives in Phoenix and works up here. And so, you know, they might show up on Sunday. And, uh, you know, so when God speaks, another problem we have, see, this third thing. I want you guys to, when I give you these things to go do, it's not just because I want you to go read the Bible. Yes, I want you to read the Bible. But I want you to understand, specifically, there are many in this room that God has told you specifically to do something. Maybe it's that person in front of you. Tell them I love them. That person behind you, tell them about Jesus. And 99%, that couldn't be God. That's, 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 not politically correct. That couldn't be good. When it exactly is God. When would the devil tell you to tell somebody about Jesus? When would you tell you to tell somebody about Jesus? So you can tell, guarantee, when there's a thought in your head says, tell somebody about Jesus, it's not pizza from last night, and it's not the devil. And so when God usually tells me to tell somebody something, I tell them. I just kind of do it right there in front of God and everybody. Okay? Miss Lucinda. See, I have a microphone, so so I don't... I'm so loud as it is. That's okay. But this happens to me a lot. I will think of someone that I haven't seen in years or something. And um, for instance, a couple of years ago, I hadn't seen my friend in about a year or so. So I texted her and said, oh, I'm I'm thinking about you. Her son had just died the day before. Is that a God? That's That's exactly how God God works. Folks... Go ahead, finish. Oh, no, I get that a lot. It okay. happens a lot. Okay, listen to what she says. You get that a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, you hear from God a lot, but you just brush it off. Because you don't intimately have that relationship that he wants you to have. Why? Because all the stories that you've heard, all the other things, let me tell you what Lucinda just said happens to every single one of you in this room at various times. And it'll happen more the moment God can trust you. You say, well, what happens if I don't do it? He'll just tell somebody else. There's something I've said for many years. God's will is not always done. God's plan is always done. Write that down. Because this will change your life, folks. God's will is not always done. You say, well, Pastor, what do you mean? The Bible says that it's not God's will for anybody to burn in hell. But how many multitudes are going there? When Jesus came to die on the earth, he died for everyone. And he said, all that call upon me shall be saved. But you can't just get to heaven because he died. I was talking to a young Christian man the other day, and he was saying, well, God's moving everywhere. I said, no, he's not. God is everywhere. 
But God only moves in response to us. And then I use just one simple example. I can give you dozens. I'll get you, right, uh, Cassie? I mean, uh, gosh, uh, Cassie, where's James and Casey tonight? Okay, I'm, I'm not calling you yet, okay, but I'm going to. Okay, Sam, Samantha, yeah. Uh, wherever two or more are gathered in church, is he there? Did you know you can go to church and not be there for Jesus? You know how many single guys come to church looking for girls? They don't get salvation, they get galvation. You know how many single girls come to church looking for guys? You know how many people come to church for all the wrong reasons? And we wonder why we don't hear from God? You're not looking for God. You're looking for, oh, that was a great worship service. Oh, man, that Heather, man, she can cook. Oh, yeah. That Bill, man, Jerry Lee ain't got nothing on him. (laughs) Why do you come to church? A lot of people come to church and never hear from God. I don't care how great the preaching is or how great the worship is or how great. Why? Because we're not coming to find him. Wherever two or more are gathered In in my name, I'm there. But if you're just gathering, folks, I know Christians that get together talk about some of the strangest stuff. But God said, what about me? How about talking about me? God does what he does with her all the time. And you know what? You might be the phone call that changes that life. True story, and I'll go to Sam. And I want to open this up. I want to talk about this tonight. I, I get, uh, you know, a couple of you say, Pastor, you got so much information. Stop with the information for just a little bit, and let's talk. Okay, we're talking. Uh, this pastor, well, it was late at night, and, and he was, uh, you know, moved to tell his wife he was working at the office, and, and uh, you know, he's preparing for Sunday, and, and he wanted to call the wife to see if he was getting home. That he, or say that he was preparing to leave to get home and picked up the phone, called. And uh, the uh, phone just rang and rang and rang. I thought it was kind of odd. She have it on no answer, do not disturb. Is she asleep already? Whatever the case. It just rang and rang and rang and rang and rang. And, and then, you know, he just figured, well, she must be busy or something. And so he finished up the work and, and he went home. And he talked to the wife about it the next day because he forgot all about it. He said, you know, I called you last night, and, and the phone just rang and rang and rang, and, and you know, you didn't, you didn't answer. Well, you, did you hear the phone? Was you? He said, my phone never rang. He said, really? And he looked at the phone. There wasn't any call from him. Well, the next day at church, that Sunday morning, the pastor was preparing to go to preach. And the church phone rang. And the pastor usually doesn't answer the phone. He's got somebody else to answer the phone. He picks up the phone. He said, hello? He said, you called me last night. A man's voice on the other end. Started talking to the pastor. Why'd you call me? He said, I, I'm, I'm not sure. 
what number did I call? And he said, well, it really doesn't matter. Where's your church located? I want to come this morning. He came to church that morning and got saved. You see, that night before, last night, this man was preparing to commit suicide. True story. You can go, you go out and Google it. At least I've read it. It was true. Everything on the Internet is true, of course. It's a great story. And uh, the, uh, he said, God, you know, I got no hope. I got no place else to go. I, can, I, I, I got nothing. God, if you, I don't hear from you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to end it all. Thank you, God. I'm just going to end it all. And all of a sudden, the phone started ringing. And I didn't want to answer it. He just ignored it. Phone started ringing again. Or kept ringing. And all of a sudden, he looked at the name, caller ID. And the caller ID said, Almighty God. Because that was the name of the guy's church. Almighty God something. You see, when God puts things on people's hearts, that's God speaking. Oh, it may not be followed by thunder. It may not be wrapped around an earthquake. But I'm going to talk to you a little bit here in the next few weeks about that still, small voice. Only recorded once in all of Scripture. But you can learn to hear God's voice if you'll stop and respond to what was said to you. The devil's never going to want you to call somebody. Never going to want you to encourage somebody. Samantha. So I have this friend. I'm sorry? I have a friend that I've been talking to a lot about, you know, coming to church and the people in church and how comfortable I am and how excited I am to be here all the time. And she mentioned to me just yesterday that <clears throat> organized religion is a waste of time. And I said, well, that's okay, because nobody in church I really feel has a religion. We have a personal relationship with God. Amen. And she looked at me and said, I bet your pastor has religion. I said, I guarantee you he does not. <laughs> well, she insists that her way is to just not do harm to others and God will let her into heaven. So she believes in God. She believes in the Bible, but she says it's a contradiction of itself. I don't know how to explain to her that you got to read it and understand it when I don't know how to read it and I don't know how to understand it. And I'm, I'm trying very hard to reach this woman because I really feel like she's aiming toward the right way. She's just going backwards. That little girl you're sitting next to, she yes. will have great words of wisdom for you. Oh, in yes. This, Th- this one here has Good. been a great friend to me. Good. She prayed for me Monday when I didn't know how. She will. You want to share, share your good news with anybody? Oh, yes. Let me explain my good news. We have been praying, and folks, God answers prayers. A very difficult situation that was not going to turn the favorable way. Hmm, I wonder what God did. Just real short. 
So for the last two years, I've been fighting for custody of my children. And I was awarded full custody of my children yesterday. All of my prayers have been answered, and my children are extremely excited and happy to be home with me. And just a few weeks ago, it wasn't going that way, was it? No, it was not. And look what happens when God's people pray. Uh, Back to the back. Thank you, sis. Um, Carlos. Okay. Microphone, microphone. We want to put this stuff on recording. That way people don't think you guys just I just want to add to that. What's really cool is her children have found God. And if you talk to them, they are jazzed about Jesus, and they're they're ready oh, to pray. I like pray. that jazzed about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It sounds like a religious church, doesn't it? Yeah. So it kind of sounds like we're all talking about our uh, hearing from God, a personal relationship. And, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you were doing a sermon one Sunday, and I was I wasn't the lead usher, but I was the usher up here on the sanctuary stage, and you were talking about how Jesus. Um, had gone through most everything that we we go through here. Everything we'd ever go through, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm sitting here and and I go, no, Pastor, I, Jesus, Jesus isn't married. He wasn't married, and he's never heard a a wife complain about this or this, or <laughs> he hasn't heard this or. Okay, you now we're going to have I, counseling tonight. And then, <laughs> go ahead. So. So as soon as I started thinking that stuff, and I and I, I either sat down or or whatever, but immediately in my head, he says, "The church is my bride, Amen. and they complain all the time." God. Amen. Give that back to give that back to to Heather. Thank you. Anybody else, real quick? I want to show a couple videos, and I want I want to I want us to help. I want to help understand up here, Heather, Miss uh, Eula. Help us understand. God is speaking. We've once again. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, and that's where we we throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes, it's not God. It's just me. It's just that. It's just the other thing. When I first got saved, you know, I came out of the entertainment business, okay? And, you know, yeah, I know it's, it sounds kind of kind of bad, but, you know, girls always like to hang around bands, okay? And it was my band. So, you know, I mean, that was not an issue. But after I got saved... The enemy was like he was throwing all these images. I see a pretty girl like, you know, the enemy started. You know what God told me to start doing? Pray for him. So every time an image came to my mind, I started praying for that person. You know what happened? Images started going away. Because the devil don't want you praying for anybody. So when things start happening, start praying. You say, well, Pastor, this this horrible thing keeps coming to my mind. How do you know that God might not be bringing it to your mind? To help you get victory over it. 
See, we, we like to blame the devil for everything or give credit to the devil. Folks, I don't think he's worthy of credit for anything. And so when those things come in, say, okay, God, I'm your child. I'm living for you. I'm doing for you. What's going on here? And then the Lord will tell me. So you're dealing with it, aren't you? Then deal with it. You can't fix what you won't face. And it ain't going away unless you face it. Can I get three amens? Good. Brother, I need you to get to the center section, please. Thank you for coming tonight. That way I don't have to bend my neck too far. Okay? Let's watch this a little bit. Somebody else, Eula. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Lord. See how the Lord even stops me right there and said, no, wait, wait, somebody else. Yes. Well, I wanted to go back to what Lucinda said about we get these ideas in our head. And so often I think all of us just go, that's not God. That's just me. And we don't, we don't often always think that we are worthy for God to talk to us. He can't, that can't be God talking to me because I'm not, you know, he doesn't talk to me like I've that. I've heard a thousand stories yeah. of what they And think so like. I think what I, I would like to say is I would, pre, I would rather err on the side of believing it is God and then acting on it. And if something else happens, then he'll take care of it. Amen. Then not doing it and being regretful that maybe I missed an opportunity. I was in the radio station today, and Bob, I'm going to do the first video after this. Uh, I was in the radio station uh, that we're on. Um, folks, you know, it's kind of become humorous to our church. But your pastor, some, <laughs> this is what I've been, I've been told, and I, I'm, I say this humbly, and I, I say it so gratefully. I, I've become kind of the voice of Flagstaff. Literally. Thousands of people know this voice. I can be in a restaurant. I can be someplace. I can just be talking to somebody, you know, and I'll see people moving around. I've had people come up to tables and stuff. You're the, you're the voice on the radio, aren't you? And I, yeah, I, I just, I just had it happen again. I, I'm trying to remember that, but I'm trying to, I'm going to tell this other story. Um, it just, just happened just not yesterday, but just last week, uh, the same thing, you know, you're, you're, you know, my, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in the hospital getting ready for a procedure that I don't want to talk about. And my wife is talking to the anesthesiologist. And she's, he's getting the information and stuff. And she tells him my name, Tim. I know that name. I know that name. And, and she tells him, yeah, you've probably heard him on the radio. That's him? Of course, I'm not in any position to say anything. You know, I'm kind of out of it. And so, but, but what it is, is it literally is going through Flagstaff. It has gone through Flagstaff. Our radio, those little 60-second, can't, I can't tell you how many people. I had a, a native gentleman a couple years, two or three years ago now. He came, I don't know where the heck he's out. He's out in the middle of nowhere. But every radio spot that I ever did. We used to do tele- newspaper. Every radio spot, he wrote every one of them down. And he drove into, he never comes to Flagstaff. He drove into Flagstaff with all those r- written down. This has been two or three years ago. And he, and he started reading them to me. And he said, and that's the one I dedicated my life back to the Lord with. Folks, 
we were making a difference. Well, anyway, I was I was at at uh, the big talker, you know, the the conservative talk show, uh, talk radio today, and I'm talking to the general manager, Stan. And he and I have a relationship, and I'm talking to him, and and he says we've talked about this for a long time, and he said we just got to do this, and so we're going to start a one hour Sunday morning program on the big talker very shortly. We're just going to start working out, Bob. I put something else on your plate, but that's okay. I think, yeah, we haven't talked about it yet. No, but it's going to be, okay. Anyway, but it's going to be really good. And so it's going to be a, a you know, and so we're we're going to work it out. And <clears throat> Funny I am, yes. <clears throat> anyway. He's warned me these things are going to start happening. But the reality of it is we're going to start doing that. But while I was there, Stan started talking to me about situations in their lives. And I just, right there in front of God and everybody, reach across the table. We start praying. I don't care where I'm at. You need prayer? I don't stop what I'm doing. Oh, what if you're in a public place? Don't they need to hear it? When I'm in a restaurant, you want me to pray? I'm praying. Of course, the rest of the restaurant's going to hear that I'm praying too. It's okay. What if somebody gets offended? It may be the only Jesus they ever hear. Looks, look, listen to this first video. And uh, many of you have seen it on Facebook. But I want to do that, and then I want to look at the second video. But I want to look at these two things because we have these false concepts of God. We think somehow he has to work into our little scenario. So, Bob, would you please? I am confused. Being philosophically consistent and being a very honest person, I'm sure you can tell me where God came from. And in addition, in addition, once you've told me where God comes from, uh, please try to clarify how you can figure that a spiritual force can have an impact on a material universe to create it. Now, this is the you university in Prescott, folks. Now, I just want to which question. Emory Riddle. You may take the rest of the minutes. We're supposed to do one question at a time. Which one would you like? That was part of the format for the debate. So which, which question? I want you to fill in the story of the rest of the uh, beginning of the universe. God, spiritual matter, impact on material matter. Okay. So two questions. All right. Go ahead. All right, your question, where did God come from, assumes that you're thinking of the wrong, uh, obviously it displays that you're thinking of the wrong God, because the God of the Bible is not affected by time, space, or matter. If he's, if he's affected by time, space, or matter, he's not God. Time, space, and matter is what we call a continuum. All of them have to come into existence at the same instant, because if there were matter but no space, where would you put it? If there were matter and space but no time, when would you put it? You cannot have time, space, or matter independently. They have to come into existence simultaneously. The Bible answers that in ten words. In the beginning, there's time. God created the heaven, there's space, and the earth. There's matter. So you have time, space, matter created, a trinity of trinities there. Just, you know, time is past, present, future. Space has length, width, height. Matter has solid, liquid, gas. You have a trinity of trinities created instantaneously. And the God who created them has to be outside of them. If he's limited by time, he's not God. The guy who created this computer is not in the computer. He's not running around in there changing the numbers on the screen, okay? 
the God who created this universe is outside of the universe. He's above it, beyond it, in it, through it. He's, he's unaffected by it. So for, and the, the concept that a, a spiritual uh, force cannot have any effect on a material body, well then I guess you'd have to explain to me things like emotions and love and hatred and envy and jealousy and, and rationality. I mean, if your brain is just a random collection of chemicals that form by chance over billions of years, how on earth can you trust your own reasoning processes and the thoughts that you, you think? Okay, so um, I, your, your question, where did God come from, is assuming a limited God. And that's your problem. The God that I worship is not limited by time, space, or matter. If I could fit the infinite God in my three-pound brain, he would not be worth worshiping, that's for certain. So that's the God that I worship. Thank you. Now, now I, I put this out there very purposely because that's us. Most Christians are not fully Christian. I, I sat down, and I was working on this last night, and, and uh, I thought, you know what I need to do is I need to bring up the reality that most Christians are either deist or Gnostics, okay? And I'm going to explain it to you, okay? They're not agnostic, and they're not atheist, okay? Because they believe that God can be known. An agnostic believes that God can't be known. So I'm not going to spend time with the agnostic. And atheists, basically, they just claim to not believe in anything when they ultimately believe in everything. So it's really, it's kind of a, they're all religions, okay? But the two things that most Christians fall into is what are called deist, which classic deism is basically that the human relationship with God is impersonal. You cannot become intimate with God. They believe that God created the world. They believe that God set it in motion, but does not actively intervene with the human affairs of life. This is why many Christians become fatalist. They believe it's just done. There's nothing you can do about it. Okay? But sadly, that's what most Christians fall under. Okay? And... The, the, the opposite, or not the opposite, kind of a, a watered-down version is, is what is called Gnosticism or the Gnostic. The word, the word Gnostic itself means just simply to know. The Gnostic believes they can know God. It's kind of, I like to put it this way, it's kind of a being a deist with a bit of a twist. Okay? You believe that you can know God, but God cannot be personally known. No matter what you do, God's not going to speak to you. God's not going to come and get involved with you, so on and so forth. But that God does give some kind of kind of mystical, personal revelations to a select few. That's why we have a lot of Christians interested in what's called the Gnostic Gospels. How many have heard of them? Okay. They're the secret Gospels. Well, the Gnostic, you know, Gospel, if you find any of them, they're usually, uh, their titles are usually the secret book of Thomas or the secret book of Corinthians or the secret book. It's always something about a secret. Well, you can't have a secret if you have a personal relationship. My wife and I have no secrets except at Christmas time. You know, I can't tell her what I'm going to get her. Pastor, you hold secrets, only good ones like that, okay? But some Christians 
even consider themselves Gnostics, fatalist. That's why they can't hear from God because they really don't believe they can. Just like Eula said, just like others you intimated. Okay? Just like this guy up here. Could you tell me where God came from? God's not affected by, you know, all the different things involved in the condition. He's outside of it, in it, through it, above it, beyond it. That's the God I serve. And he said, I want to know you personally, intimately. This next little video. Any, any questions? Any questions about this? As we go. Huh? Yep, you can, as long as it's short. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm done for the night, folks. I'm There's sit an down. introduction Hi. and everything. Uh, yesterday, uh, I had an opportunity to uh, do a funeral up on uh, Rough Rock, uh, way up on the mountain. The, sort of like way back in the hills, little church. And um, the Lord just uh, gave me the message uh, to to talk to the uh, to the people. There's a lot of young people that were there. And the Lord just brought it out, uh, just laid before me to, to, to speak out his word. And I told him that uh, the young people that were there, it says, uh, we, we believe in a God, this is the God of the Bible. If you, in your, in your time right now, in this gen- generation, you have to read God's word. I'm, I'm going to challenge you to reach, read God's word. There's a lot of other trash out there that's all trash, I said. This is God's word is truth. And if you really want to know God and to know him intimately, you got to get a hold of the word and begin Come to on. study it, begin to read it, begin Come to on. pray. You young people, I said, you need this because you're the next generation. You're our next generation. You, you got to spread the good news. And this is why we, uh, we, we proclaim God's word. We admonish God's word with God's word, encouraging, warning people, and we teach God's word. And this, 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 there was one message yesterday uh, telling them that uh, there's a lot of things uh, taking place that's going to uh, come on us so suddenly. We think we're so complacent right now where everything's okay. But look, at, look around you, see what's happening up, uh, around us. But you need to know Jesus. You need to Je- Jesus Amen. in your heart. And, and uh, I asked them, to, I said, I challenge you, if you want to know Jesus, if you want to really know Jesus, raise your hand, I said. And these young people are sitting right in front of me, hands going up. And yeah. it was so, I was so moved. I didn't say, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Get, get to know Jesus, and that's the word. Amen. So we, we can't Amen. preach anything else. It's just the word. <laughs> God's word is the only thing that can set people free. Any other questions, any statements about maybe, you know, deism and, and uh, right up here, uh, Heather. Heather, yes, you do. The old guy? Yep. I don't have a clue, but you okay, can. No, who is the, the rebuttal guy? Ken Holbein. Ken Holbein, thank you. Yeah, he's, uh, that's, that's, that's right over in Prescott, uh, Emory Riddle University. Thank you. I didn't know the guy's name. The second video, I was, I was um, you know, I was thinking about this, this, this series, and I was thinking about, you know, people. And I was thinking about hearing from God and, and how we, we all have this idea of how God speaks. And so I, I found this video, and I thought this would be a great uh, message. It doesn't have, there's nobody speaking, but it's just got words, so you have to read it. 
Okay? But I want you to, it's a conversation between God and maybe you. Bob? God speaks to us all the time, church. We just got to learn how to recognize it. We got to learn how to recognize what God is doing. Let me, for just a few minutes, I want to get into your notes. We're at Roman numeral one. And I, I did the things that I did, and I said the things that I've said. As I was praying and seeking God and saying, God, how, how do I spark that edge that the enemy keeps using to detour your word from getting through? And so that's all this preliminary, all this stuff that we talked about is to help us to realize, guys, you cannot just be a deist. You cannot be a Gnostic. You have to learn to become a Christian. Christian means Christ-like. Christ-like. And, and all the things that Jesus went through. I, John 16 has always been one of my, my favorite passages, especially when you get down to 32 and 33. He said, the time is coming and now is that you're all going to leave me and go do your own thing. How many ever have had everybody leave you when you needed them the most, including the pastor. Folks, the only promise that I can ever make you that you can take to the bank, I will let you down. 
Oh, I don't want to, and I don't mean to, and I don't intend to. I've, actually, I've had people leave our church because I didn't visit them in the hospital. The problem is I didn't know they were in the hospital. It is kind of laughable now, but it was very, I mean, even today I still, I still bear the scars, but what do I do? You know, I apologize. I say, you know, that's why sometimes when you all get sick and you get different things and all of a sudden I hear about it and you're back in church, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you call me? Oh, I didn't want to bother you. That's, that's me. That's what you're supposed to do. So, Pastor, you know, I just said, well, you didn't pray about it either. You didn't call God. Oh, God, you, it's just me, a little sickness, but it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Folks, this is just, this is reality. And we have to learn to be Christ-like. He finished that by saying, you know what, they're all, all going to leave me. They're going to do their own thing. And I'm going to be left all alone. But then he end with these words, yet I'm not alone, because death's with me. And you see, no matter where I am, just like that last little video I played with the, with, with the words, you had to read it. It was a conversation between God and his son. And the son just couldn't, why did this happen? God, why did that happen? Why, why did and God explained it all. Well, it's just me taking care of you. I mean, God uses bad for the good of those who love me. Romans 8.28. I work all things together for the good. He didn't say he's going to keep the bad away. But even though we looked at it as bad, God said, no, it was my goodness that led you to me. We must believe what the Bible says, that we can and are able to hear from God. We must first believe Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I want you to, it's in your notes. It's in your notes, okay, but it's critical. This is in the chapter that we call the Faith Hall of Fame. It begins that says, now faith. You think the writer is so, okay, well, now we're getting to this. Well, now faith, no. You look at that word, and it's, it's an emphasizer, an emphatic placement. Now faith, right here and now where you live, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now faith. And that's how the Faith Hall of Fame chapter starts. And we remember how it ends. People of faith losing their heads. People of faith. I'm talking about living for God on fire. Christian being sawn in two. Fed to the lions. Killed. Never seeing the promise. But it didn't deter their faith. Paul said in, in, in 2 Timothy at the end of his life. He's writing to his young, his young protege, Timothy. He's saying, now the time for me to be offered is at hand. Doesn't sound like the guy's dying. It looks like he's going on a voyage somewhere. He's taking a journey. But see, that's the way Paul looked at it. 
He said, I've fought a good fight. I have finished the race. Listen to what he says. I have fought a good fight and I finished the race. And then he tells us how he did it. Because I kept the faith. Hebrews 11.6 in your notes. Without faith. Say that with me. Without faith. If Lucinda doesn't come to realize the faith she needs to believe those moments are God, she won't hear from God anymore then than she does now. Same thing with you, same thing with me. When those things come to me, just like with Michael Crawford, I could have just drove down the road. Well, I know God's voice pretty well. So when God's speaking, okay, okay, I'm, I'm going, God. Say, Pastor, have you ever not? Too many times I'd like to admit. But I have to understand, without faith, you know what faith is? Faith isn't a passive word. It's an action word. That means I move in what I believe. Without faith. Faith caused Peter to step out of a boat. Faith called Daniel to walk into a lion's den. Faith called the three Hebrew children to go into a fiery furnace. I can just go over and over and over and over. Faith took Jesus to a place called Calvary. Because he said, Father, it's not my will. And faith is all about the difference between your will and his will. By grace, God's power operating in me through faith, me living in that grace, do I accomplish what God put before me? Do I hear that voice? Am I making sense? Okay? Without faith, say that with me. It is impossible to please God. It's impossible to do what God, it's impossible to hear from God. Because you first, I'm reading your notes, you first have to believe that he is. And second, that he rewards those who look for him. The Bible says everyone that looks for me will find me when they seek me with their entire heart. Jimmy Cody got up there and said it. Others have reiterated it. God speaks to us through his word. One of the biggest problems that we have in hearing God is we don't spend any time in this book. God, is it really you? It'll never, it'll never deny his word. If it's God, it'll never be in, in, uh, in uh, disagreement with his word. God, is it really you? Well, pastor, what if I don't know his word? You can call any of the pastors. You got friends like, like Heather who knows God's word? Oh, you know what you can do? You can just ask, God, is this you? And he'll give you that little check inside, and you'll know. But you got to, you, you got to, without faith, and you've got to spend time with God. So uh, we're not going to have very much time to go any further tonight. So, so I'm just going to stop there. And I'm going to say, 
Let's talk about this. Are you guys okay with this? We, we didn't get real far in our notes, but that's okay. Good. I hope all of you go home and finish reading them. You know, if you read these notes, you guys can teach me next week. But let's talk about it. Tell me some other ways you've heard from God. Ken, Kevin, right behind you. So I had a, a long, long time friend that I've known since I was nine that was living me with me for about a year and a half. And <clears throat> I was struggling because I knew that I was enabling him because he wasn't striving to do more and to get, you know, to, to go further in his job. And uh, can you all hear that okay? Okay. And so, you know, I had to struggle for a long time to, you know, I was need to give him a push somebody something was telling me that I needed to give him a push and so I I struggled because he's been such a dear friend for a long time and I asked him to move out and I didn't I could you know it's just been really hard dealing with why you know um so a few months went by and and then he got after doing that you know and it made him struggle in life a lot you know uh, with a place to live and but then he was given another job opportunity somewhere else in Oregon, about 100 miles from his parents. And so then he was able to, to move closer to his parents. And in that time, he was able to reconcile with his father. Um, they hadn't spoken over five years. Um, and then this Friday, his father died. But and he, his father was a dear, dear friend of mine. And uh, I don't think without being spoken to now after these conversations and Bible study, realizing that I know that God was telling me to give him that push. And then, like I said, he was able every weekend for the last month and a half to go visit with his parents. And that through that, he was able to reconcile with his father before his father passed away. Praise the Lord. See, God... When God's, when God's speaking, folks, we have this idea, well, this is the way he's going to do it. Well, he did it that way. Call this person. Make this person move out. Let me talk about that for just a second. You know, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, tells you if you're in bad relationships, you need to get out of them. Now, I'm not talking about if you're married and it's a bad marriage, you've got to get out of it. You need to work it out, okay? We're not talking about that. Okay, because they're like, oh, hey, my pastor told me I need to get out of this relationship. <laughs> you need to grow up and own responsibilities. Is what you need to do. Uh, but if you're if you're in a bad scenario, get you know, First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, bad company corrupts good morals. You wonder why you're always going down? You're always hanging out with people taking you down. Let's see, what's, what, yeah. the wrong place is always, so why are you in that place? Okay, so, you know, when people invite me to do something, they don't do it anymore. I don't get invited to do much anymore because <laughs> they don't, I'm just, yeah. But, you know, when they invite you to do something and you know it's going to be a bad, just say, no, 
Well, are you too, you too good? I said, no. I just don't want to go there. Well, why not? Because I can't take Jesus with me. And if he don't want to be there, why do I want to be there? I'm sorry? You get out of the relationship. I mean, there's probably a whole lot more to it, Danny, than than just the surface there. Uh, you know, bad company corrupts. People say, oh, well, I'm going to change. You know, I, I, I visit little girls all the time that date unchristian guys. Oh, he'll, he'll become a Christian. No, he won't. Oh, he'll say anything you want to hear, hear him say right now just to get what he wants. But if they don't become a Christian, and I'm talking about a Christian that you can noticeably see before you marry, they'll never become a Christian. Well, I say never. God could do anything, folks. That's why the Bible says do not be unequally yoked together. Jack, am I missing somebody? Lift your hand up high, okay? Who, who did I miss? Okay, I got Shelly. Well, Sam, I thought you already did, but that's fine. We could do it again. Jack? I have a little caveat about what you said about not being with bad company. You know, with the Christian Motorcycles Association, we go to rallies and things where people don't know Jesus. Yep. And, and it's incredibly difficult for us to speak to them about Jesus. Yep. So we have to be there and be an example. You have to be what? You have to be Jesus. We have to, well, yeah, we have to be Jesus. But if we were to ignore those situations, and the same with everybody in their life, if they were to ignore all the bad people, you'll never influence those people to exactly. Jesus. Yeah, that's not, that's not what that passage is talking about. See, the Bible tells us that we are to go in there to influence them, not to live in there for them to influence us. Okay. Because the darkness will always try to overpower the light. And because, sadly, most Christians are passive. I don't know why my Bible's not passive. Jesus was never passive. But what Jack's talking about is exactly what we're supposed to do. But we're going in there. I'm a a member of the Christian Motorcycle Association. The reason our ministry goes into those places is to bring light in the darkness. And they do it in an incredible way. So that's not what the passage is talking about. The passage is talking about very simply when you choose to stay in a relationship that is continually tearing you down and bringing you down, it will destroy you. That's why God tells us to flee. Okay? Does that answer the... It wasn't a question. It was a statement. But you understand the difference between what the Scripture is talking about, what Jack's talking about? Okay? Uh, Shelly. I just wanted to share something, basically, my my own testimony of, I'm trying to make it short. Um, I had a, you mentioned um, someone leaving you just a minute ago. And I had that issue for the longest time of abandonment. Because when I was born, maybe two or three years old, my my father was very abusive to my mom. And he, um, he left. And my mom was a single mother with three kids. So she wanted to go out and have a job to be able to support us kids. And we were left a lot with my, my grandparents. So the one person that I had the most stable and most 
love from anybody else was only my grandmother. So my mother remarried, and that's how I have my brother dialing here. And that's how him and I are brothers and sisters. And his dad, I pray and I thank God for him every day because he's been a father to me like how I think a father should be. Mm -hmm. I found no other love like him besides God. But my grandmother had left, and she passed away when I was 25 years old. And that was the hardest thing for me to deal with. Right. By that time, I had, I had gotten married when I was 22. I, I had a child when I was 23. Uh-huh. And the time she dealt with cancer, and it was so hard because they told us she was going to live for six months, and she didn't. <laughs> she only stayed for three. Mm-hmm. And when she had left me, I felt all of me went with her. <laughs> And at the time when she was going to pass away, I had just dropped off my husband at the time and my daughter off at the time in Mexico and on the way over to Mexico driving there. And I said, I kept begging him. I told him, I pleaded with him. I said, please don't leave me. Don't go. I need you right now. But he left. And that night when I was driving home back from El Paso, I... My car broke down in Gallup, New Mexico. And I went to put in gas, and when I was coming back out, and I started my car to come home, it would not start. So I called my stepmother, I mean my stepmom, I mean my stepfather, and they were in Window Rock. And I said, can you guys come help me and jump the car or whatever? Or no, somebody there at the gas station had already helped me to jump the car. And I could not get it started. So I said, you guys need to come. So my stepdad came and helped me. And when he was there, and I was like, where's my mom? And he told me that your mom and your brother had just left to take your grandmother to the hospital. And I think God was there with me that time to be there with her. And it took maybe five days in the hospital before she had passed away mm-hmm. but I had never known so much pain before my yeah. life, my life but going through all of that myself I rebelled I got into drugs I mean I was a mom I was married all I wanted to do was just to stop hurting because I didn't have that anymore when my husband came back there was a lot of resentment that I felt towards him because he had left me. He had abandoned me. That's how I felt. So I got into drugs really deep. So did God start speaking to you? Okay. At the time. I've got got to end this. Oh. So go ahead. Well, the time is when, you know, make it short. I decided to take my own life. I just went walking, I went to the store, I bought a pack of um, NyQuil and some tequila, I believe it was. I w- when I was going home, there was these three shadows that had followed me. That's why I think I was Philemon that I had asked about that question last couple of weeks ago. But anyway, 
I went home, I took them. And I don't remember taking the rest of them or whatever. And I woke up, all I felt was this warm, 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 amazing love that I have never felt before in my life. And when I had woke up, I, well, it wasn't awake, wake. It was like a dream. But I had never felt no love like this in my life ever from my parents, my my child, you know, when she was born. Nothing. But then my grandmother was there, and she said to me, it's not your time. She grabbed my hand, and I walked back with her through like where she lived, what I remember of her. So when I had woke up, I was in the hospital. And when I had woke up, I was so scared to wake up. Well, I was, when I woke up, I was angry. I said, why did you keep me? Why did I stay? But when I, all the other times when I didn't want to, when I wanted to stop doing drugs was because I was always afraid of withdrawals. It was the worst thing. It was very painful and hard. But that day when I woke up in the hospital, I woke up with the most joyful heart ever. I had so much love, and it didn't matter who was there or if I was by myself. I knew I wasn't alone because the Lord was there with me. And to this day, I know I go out and I preach and I pray i always do the sinner's prayer with you know my native people my na- i'm always there for them it it's just awesome amen so those who are not right with god i say be right because <laughs> you're never ever going to experience this and i'm not going to ever let this go no matter what you know amen. and i'm here amen god speaks in lots of different ways church and what come on yeah but anyway, God does use me in amazing ways that I never Amen. thought I ever would. Amen. And I, I do apologize for having to just, we're already over time, and I get people mad at me all the time in the nursery and the children's ministry. You go too long. So I always blame Pastor Ray, but that's, that's okay. Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. We thank you, God, for your grace, your word. We thank you, Lord, for wisdom. God, help us to learn a simple a simple reality tonight. God, we're hearing from you every day. Help everyone in this place. God, even tonight, even tomorrow, God, to stop for a moment and say, God, was that you? Was that you? And help us start to be sensitive. God, that you are hearing, that you are speaking, and we are hearing. And God, you are answering prayer. We thank you for it, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you got children, really, go get them to the nursery or get them out of the nursery real quick, children's ministry. Uh, go on Facebook and talk about the class. Talk about what's happening at the church and uh, share those things. The people are looking for something real. So talk about it on Facebook like you talk about other things. God bless.